Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. At the start of the year, I took my church through the letter to the Galatians. Now, this letter is short, but it's full to the brim with content. So enjoy as we grapple with how big Jesus is and how he changes everything. So a quick summary of where we've been to begin with. Paul has shown the Galatians that the gospel he preaches is the I have it underlined here, the gospel. It's the gospel that he received from God, not from man. It's the gospel that the other apostles have agreed with. It's the gospel that rebuked Peter. It is the true gospel. And after going through the history and the proof for that gospel, Paul turns his eyes directly onto the Galatians, just like a parent when you've done something wrong. Turns, your eye, turns his eyes directly onto the Galatians and does the same thing that he did with Peter, as we read earlier. Have a look at verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul is going to show the Galatians that they know the gospel he's proclaimed. The gospel that clearly portrays Christ as crucified is the true one. The message that Paul is painting is so vividly pictured for them that it can be said there in verse 1 to be before their very eyes. It's as if he's taken a massive billboard and surrounded it with neon lights as well. You can't miss it. And that's why he's able to speak so strongly. As I said, let's not miss that. This is a strong rebuke. Because the situation is serious and the reasoning is foolish. So as I said, Paul's going to show the Galatians that they know the true gospel. And he does that with two main arguments here. Their experience and scripture. So we're going to see that each one shows Paul's gospel is the true gospel. The first one, the Galatians experience in verses 2 to 5. So in verse 2. I would like to learn just one thing from you, Paul says. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by believing what you heard? Now, it's a common technique to ask someone questions when you want them to realise something for themselves. Questions help you to assess what you really think. And the one thing Paul wants to know, the one question he's asking the Galatians in verse 2, is did the Galatians... Receive the Holy Spirit by doing or by hearing. There's a massive chasm between the two. There it is on the screen. You see, doing is an active thing, isn't it? After all, it's something that you do. But hearing, well, you're doing that right now, whether you're choosing to or not. Sound just goes in. It's a passive thing. It's not something you do. You don't have to do anything. So, Galatians, Paul asks... Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing or by hearing? And the answer is so obvious. It'd be foolish to get it wrong. You'd have to be bewitched, wouldn't you? Notice the definitive fact there. The Galatians did receive the Holy Spirit. That means we know they were genuinely converted. They had come to faith hearing what Paul had preached. Hearing the good news of Christ crucified. But now the issue is they're trying to finish the race on their own. Or as Paul says here, by means of the flesh, through doing. 
when they should have been carrying on as they started. And they're in danger of throwing away everything that they have, everything they've experienced. And that means Paul can ask again in verse 5. So again I ask, does, Paul, no, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Well, the Galatians know the answer. They've experienced the answer. The response should be, well, it's by hearing, Paul, isn't it? Of course it is. How foolish of us to think otherwise. But whilst we hold the Galatians up for being foolish, that's a struggle we know, isn't it? We know the struggle it is to really not have to earn something, to not have to do something. I mean, our society tells us there's no such thing as a free lunch. We like to do, don't we? But the message of the gospel is that it's all about faith. Paul knew that from his experience on the Damascus Road. The Galatians should have known that too. And scripture tells us consistently that it's always been about faith. In verses 6 to 14 now. Paul turns to his second argument and with that he turns our attention to a man named Abraham. And what does Paul want us to see about Abraham? Well, he wants us to see that he had faith in God. And that is what has made him righteous. It's the same for him as it is for the Galatians, as it is for us today. It's always been about faith. Now, we've seen previously that the Galatians wanted to be part of the inner circle. And now we have a name for it. It's the children of Abraham. But that leads us to the question, doesn't it? Who are the children of Abraham? Well, we don't have that question for long because in verse 7, Paul says, Understand then that those who have faith are the children of Abraham. The children of Abraham are those who have faith. That's important. The children of Abraham, Abraham aren't the people who live in a certain place. The children of Abraham aren't those who do certain things. The children of Abraham aren't those who can trace their ancestry back to him. No, those who have faith are the children of Abraham. Those who have faith can sing the song from primary school, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. You can do the actions as well if you want. And again, Paul says, that's always been the case. Have a look at verse 8. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. That's a promise that was made to Abraham back in Genesis 12. That scripture can be said to foresee, showing that God would justify the Gentiles, the nations, through faith. And that means all nations from Australia to Zimbabwe, from Galatia to Great Britain. They're all going to be blessed through Abraham. Now we're going to think about that some more in a couple of weeks in our growth groups, so store that one at the back of your mind. But the big thing here is, faith is the only way. It's the, always been that way. Now that's a lot about faith, isn't it? In fact, Paul's mentioned the word faith four times in just those two verses. So what's the alternative? What's the alternative that the false teachers have been peddling? Well, if you were with us before Christmas, you might have noticed 
that this passage looks familiar. And we've looked at this part of the passage already. In verses 10 to 12, Paul shows us that the alternative to living by faith is to live by works of the law. And it's important here to grasp that this is what people are resting their hope on. That's the issue. It's what they're resting their hope on, or in Paul's words here, what they're relying on that is causing the issue. Now there's a a good preacher from a couple of um, centuries ago who tells the story at this point of two men who are in a boat. I don't know if you've been in a boat, in severe rapids. As they were carried swiftly downstream towards perilous rocks and waterfalls, men on the shore tried to save them by throwing out a rope. One of the men caught the rope and was saved. The other man, in a moment of panic, grabbed what he thought looked secure, a branch from a nearby tree. But he soon found out that was a fatal mistake. Crack. The man who caught the rope was drawn to shore, whilst the man who clung to the branch was carried downstream by the rapids, never to be seen again. You see, one man relied on the right thing, the other rested their hope and their weight on the wrong thing. And for those who rest their hope, who rely on works of the law to be right with God, verse 10, well, it doesn't work. To rely on the works of the law for your salvation means you have to be perfect. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified or seen as right before God. Because, as Habakkuk, you may remember this, from verse 11 says, the righteous live by faith. It's the way it's always been. It's always been by faith. And it's always been by faith all the way through the Old Testament. Do you notice that's why there's sacrifices in the law? The expectation of the law is that the people wouldn't be able to keep it perfectly, hence sacrifice. And it took faith to accept that God would forgive, that those sacrifices would actually do anything. But as we know, those sacrifices pointed beyond themselves, pointed to a scene outside of Jerusalem, just a couple of decades after this letter is written, uh, before this letter is written, where three crosses stand, where in the centre is hanging a man with a sign above his head that says, King of the Jews. But at that place, all the sin, all the law-breaking is being paid for, was paid for where the faith that God would make things right was turned to sight. You see, the one who did everything perfectly, the one who could lay claim to the blessing, the blessing we see here, took the curse so that we could receive the blessing. You'd have to be bewitched to reject that. You'd have to be foolish to not see that it's always been about faith. And in doing that, the blessing of Abraham comes to the Gentiles through faith in Jesus Christ, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the two arguments Paul makes are connected there? Experience and scripture, the two connect together. The Galatians' experience flows out of the promise to Abraham. The Holy Spirit, who they know they've received, only came because of Jesus' death, only through the gospel proclaimed to Abraham. So Paul says the Galatians should know that it's always been about faith. And therefore they should know, and that we should know, anything else has to be wrong. Now it's one thing to know, 
is by faith alone. It's quite another to live like that, isn't it? Where do we tend to forget that it's all about faith? Where do we tend to think to ourselves that we need to do something to be right with God? How do we do anything about it? Well, Paul says that the issue is that we don't think enough about Jesus. That we don't have a good enough grasp of Jesus Christ crucified. That's where he said the issue was for the Galatians back in verse 1. The solution to the Galatian problem was to remember Jesus Christ crucified. The solution to our problem of thinking we should do something is Jesus Christ crucified. What Paul has preached in his gospel, what he has put up on those billboards, where he's surrounded with big neon lights. So that's what we need. We need to be reminded daily, hourly, minutely. Can't go much smaller without confusing my language. We need to be reminded over and over again of the gospel, to be reminded of Jesus Christ crucified, to have a bigger picture of Jesus, to remember the gospel. Well, that's a challenge for this week. That's a challenge going forward, but it's only going to be possible through prayer and reliance on God. Well, there's some things to chew on. Why not let me know what you think by sending an email? The details are in the show notes. Until next time, get on with crazy problems.